0: Welcome to episode two of Monolith Meets. Today we're joined by Tam Laird, the leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party, whose stated goal is to stand for individual liberty, uh, a free and sound economy, foreign neutrality and political independence. And Tam is a former uh, member of the SNP and still holds his um, belief in Scottish independence. Um, how would a Scottish libertarian independence differ from an SNP independence?
1: I think primarily... Uh we have no intentions whatsoever of rejoining uh, the criminal organization that is the European Union. Um, that's that's probably the main uh, difference. Uh, but also, under SNP rule, um, the S- Scotland is one of the most centralized and authoritarian countries in Europe. Um, so, a process of decentralisation i think would, would would take place we don't just believe in independence from the uk or from brussels i'm a big believer in independence from holyrood as well so i think the, the the more power we can grant individuals and individual communities uh, as opposed to centralising it at holyrood the better so that that we would we would be the opposite of the snp that we, we would seek to to decentralise power from Holyrood and make people more accountable and more independent in their own selves, families, communities, neighbourhoods.
0: Would you say that decentralisation on a Scottish level without independence or maybe even a federal model within the UK would be an alternative and perhaps promoting that would be a broader, would allow you to access a broader voter base?
1: Well, anything, yeah. Anything that, that, that decentralises and brings a greater degree of subsidiarity we would we would support, yeah.
2: And um, Do you think an independent Scotland could succeed economically? Um, because obviously under libertarian government, I assume it would be low tax, low regulation, um, yep. attract a lot of jobs and investment. So do you think that's feasible for an independent Scotland? Well,
1: that remains to be seen, but I mean, my argument in principle would be self-determination is a good thing in its own self. Uh, The economic consideration comes next. Um, It's not really the government's job to create a a decent economy. That's down to individuals and individual businesses and enterprises. And I think under Scottish Libertarian administration, if you could call it that, the circumstances and the, uh, the climate for economic growth would be far healthier than that. Than it, than it currently is. You know we're great fans of uh, Cowperthwaite. You know the, the the Scotsman who went to Hong Kong and created that uh, economic boom uh, that was Hong Kong. And you know the the symbol of our party is the phoenix, and that you know the the reason we chose that is we we want that free market, that free market enterprise, that free market thought that was. Not quite born here but was fostered here in Scotland and that we, we exported successfully abroad but yet we have we have yet to do it here in our own country. We hope that Phoenix can be reborn from the ashes here in, in the UK particularly but especially in Scotland yeah uh, I, what would
0: the sort of what would the sort of relationship be with um, rump UK if independence was was achieved under a libertarian style model?
1: well i hope um there's no reason why it couldn't continue on a, on on good terms or even better terms i certainly know that um when i got divorced my relationship with my wife got a lot better than it did than when we were we uh, were both we uh, were both married and i know a lot of people who do can say the same thing so a divorce doesn't necessarily need to be the end of anything it can be the beginning of something much better for for each of the parties so uh I think, and and hopefully, maybe England can can could learn from our example, and maybe the, there could be more independence and more uh, subsidiarity within England. You know, it'd be great to see maybe regional, uh, regional parliaments, regional assemblies, or just greater autonomy uh, within England itself. Uh, maybe not necessarily parliaments, because they have to be they have to be paid for uh, usually by the taxpayer. But anything that can bring uh, subsidiarity to individuals and to communities would be a good thing.
2: Yeah, um, the way I see it is we already have local governments. Um, we had them before yep. devolution. Why couldn't yep. they be used as a way of moving power downward? And yeah. <clears throat> I think it's just the, the obsession with regional parliaments and it'll just create another layer of government in between Westminster and the local people. So yeah, I think well, it's just better...
1: More power to the to the local governments. Then is probably the, the better solution. That way, if your local government sucks, it's going to become vastly apparent, uh, and and exactly why they suck as well. Because you know, if your neighboring regions, neighboring communities are doing well with low taxation and free trade, uh, then there's no reason why you know your local community can't do that either. So, and you and you can you can freely move. It's easier for people to move to the next. Council area, you know, the next local community area than it has for it to move to a different country to get economic freedom.
2: Yeah. Um, do you think with the Scottish Parliament elections um, after independence, say, there's a chance for libertarians to form a government or win a substantial number of
1: representation there? The honest answer to that is I don't know. Um, it's difficult in Scotland. <clears throat> we suffer from. Over 60 years of socialist stinking thinking, which is almost ingrained. It's fossilized in people's brains. And I don't know that that's ready to change anytime soon. I mean, we've got a mammoth task ahead of us, you know, to try and change people's thinking. You know, you know the old saying, if a man's not a socialist by the time he's 21 or you know, by the time he's 20, he has no heart. If he's still a socialist when he's 30, he has no brain. There's an addendum to that, which is if he's still a socialist when he's 50, he's probably Scottish. So um, it's it's a it's a mammoth task that we, that we have. So I'm not, I am optimistically hopeful, but at the same time, I, I'm not carried away that, that, we, that we can, you know, we can make a dent anytime soon it's just a matter of chipping away and trying to change people but i, I see our party's role as largely didactic you know the, using the electoral system to try and get your message out there and hopefully it permeates and by osmosis you can try and and change people's people's view um and i mean in the short term i mean i don't know that this election coming up in scotland will even go ahead. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the SNP or even the opposition parties that are in the the Scottish Parliament to suggest that we don't have an election because of the COVID nonsense. But uh, should it go ahead, uh, I don't know that that will necessarily result in Scottish independence. I mean, all the polls indicate that independence has uh, has become very important on the agenda, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. We'll just have to wait and see. Personally, and I I'll only speak personally because we have different viewpoints within the party, I don't support a second referendum. We had a referendum. Uh, the answer was no, they wanted to re- remain part of the UK. Um, I don't think we should have a, a second referendum on that any more than we have a should have a second referendum on, on Europe. You know, we had, we had the vote and, you know, the vote stands. My point of view is that Scottish independence will come when the people, the vast majority of the people are ready for it. Um, and you do that by creating independent people, independent finance, independent states of mind. And then for those people and those families, the idea of anything other, Than an independent nation-state will seem an anathema to them. But I think, I mean, I've waited, the country itself, Scotland's waited 300 years for independence. I've personally waited about 40 years of my life. I think I can wait another 10 or 20 to get it right. Unfortunately, what the SNP is offering people and what a lot of people want is not, in fact, independence. It's just what they want is to exchange one foreign master for another. Let's get rid of the evil Tories in England, and then we here in Scotland can have this uh, wonderful socialist utopia in which, you know, we, we, we care for everybody and it's, it's all great because the terrible, nasty Westminster government isn't there to interfere with us. And that's just bullshit, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. In so, terms
0: of uh, taxation and public spending, um, I read somewhere that your party was in favour of essentially abolishing all taxes other than income tax and reducing the size of the state quite drastically. Um how, how far would tax cuts go, and how far would cutting? Well, I would, I would like to see
1: across the board, somewhere between you know. Initially, I'd love to get rid of all taxation, you know. But let's let's try and be practical. Um, just you know exterminate all forms of taxation other than a basic rate uh, tax, and and even that voluntary, you know, and to incentivize maybe if, maybe you could say if you don't pay tax, you don't vote. Okay, why should you have a, a say if you're not a stakeholder or a shareholder? So a and, 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 and rate of income tax across the board, including everybody, uh, between 10 and 15% maximum, and then aim to reduce that incrementally as, as, as time goes on. There are some in the party who look favourably on a land value tax as opposed to an income tax. Um, that's something we've looked at. Uh, other people suggest, you know, a, a sales tax. Um, but I think, in the short term, at least, the most practical method is to reduce tax down to the, the lowest possible you e- possible. I don't see a reason why any government or administration cannot survive on a ten to fifteen percent rate of income tax.
0: What what would that require losing? What sort of uh, state services would that require losing?
1: Well, we'd need to have a really Good look at what we we really require from government, as you know, libertarians uh, on a minarchist level. Just it's the police, uh, the judiciary, uh, and the military. You now Scotland isn't going to need. I mean, who the hell is Scotland really going to go to war with? Um, so the military can certainly be more streamlined uh, and more uh, maybe go down the route of Switzerland uh, on the, on that thing. Um, there's plenty of corporate welfare that can be cut back. You know, we, the Scottish government gives handouts to Amazon, uh, gives Hamza, uh, handouts to Tea in the Park. You know, there's lots of corporate uh, and sock puppet charities that get government money that don't need it. That can be cut back. Um, so, yeah, start cutting fat from the top and then really have a look at uh, health care and decide just what it is we want. From a healthcare service. If you want a national healthcare service, fine, have one. But subscribe to it on an individual level rather than forcing people who don't want it or need it to pay for it. I think would be a good idea. So I think we all know that governments voted and there are these huge uh, areas in which we could we could um, we could cut back without affecting, in the initial stages at least, um, essential services.
0: In terms of uh, things like free prescriptions and free tuition fees, these are quite popular among Scottish yeah. voters. How do you essentially wean people off free stuff from the state?
1: Well, I'm quite open about the fact that I'm not going to give people free stuff like that. Uh, and that's, yeah, that, that, that's a barrier to entry in terms of say, the Scottish Libertarian Party getting anywhere near power because people want that. But you have to try and explain to people that these things are not free. Uh, and it's it's getting worse because Scotland's already talking about uh, making public transport free, certainly within cities, and that's a nightmare that's, you know, if you think public transport's expensive now, wait till it's free uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a hard sell but it's our job to do it and make people realise that it's better in the long run if we can get these services, you know the, the, the prescriptions, although they're Maybe free at the point of uh, at the point of use. You know the, the drugs that that they were getting are are phenomenally phenomenally overpriced uh, because of the monopoly that exists and and the, the people who are uh, you know allowed to trade with uh, with the NHS. I think I mean it, it seems to me perfectly simple. You know I can buy a packet of paracetamol from the supermarket for like twenty five p thirty p. The NHS isn't paying that for for paracetamol, it's paying way more. So I think we can make healthcare affordable to everybody. You know, if you can afford a mobile phone plan, uh, which most people can, uh, then you can afford a decent healthcare plan. And if we've got good competition uh, on, on healthcare, I don't see any reason. You know, that, that, this is part of the problem. People here don't know what a good privatized healthcare system looks like. You know, if you look at Belgium uh, to a degree, uh, you know, Holland and, and Germany maybe going in the right direction, but not perfect. Uh, even Sweden, you know, have have you know have made some some good moves towards uh, democratizing healthcare. And I think that's what we need to do in Scotland. People say, you know, so you're going to get rid of the NHS. I don't think I need to get rid of the NHS. I just need to democratise medicine and deregulate it so that, uh, you know, other entities can compete with the National Health Service on a level playing field. And if the NHS is as good as everybody claims it is, then i will have nothing to fear from honest uh, competition. I think what we've seen in
2: recent months is we're, we're all having to stay at home to protect the NHS.
1: Yeah, so it can't be
2: that good if it can't cope with the pandemic. And it was well, it's
1: nonsensical. You know, if your house is in fire, don't phone the fire brigade. You know, protect them at all costs. Uh, don't you know, if the if the enemy's at the gates, don't send in the army because we need to protect soldiers at all costs. Um, it's it's an it's an absurdity. Why anybody even buys into that is, is an absolute mystery to me.
0: In terms of um, taking uh, taxes off the poor as well as as the rich, I mean things like VAT and sin taxes disproportionately yeah. hit the poor. Do you think that would free up some funds to allow for things like healthcare? Absolutely,
1: prices? sin taxes yeah. have, have got to go. You know, the government's no right to decide. You know what's what what, you, what they should tax that that you consume because it's supposedly too bad for you. Um, if your healthcare provider wants to put a levy you know if it asks you do you smoke do you drink you know do you take drugs great that means you're going to pay us a higher premium for your healthcare. that's entirely up to them but it's no it's no business of government to decide what people eat and what they drink and what they consume so yeah those that forms of those forms of taxation can can go immediately
2: what do you think about um the hate crime bill that's going through the scottish <laughs> parliament at the moment
1: um, I think it's possibly the greatest threat to individual liberty and free speech that has arisen, um, and, and certainly in my lifetime. Now you can argue that Margaret Thatcher introduced some some laws and some rules that uh, you know that, that had similar effects, but it, it just it was nothing compared to this to police speech. In people's own homes to police what kind of uh, written material that you can have or produce in your own home, this is beyond anything that exists in the free world so far, uh, and it's a real concern and it's it's one of the uh, one of the main issues affecting Scotland. And just in case anybody in England thinks they're getting off scot-free here, you know, the the I think the Law Society in England are proposing something uh something similar uh i've 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 heard that i mean i'm not yeah. entirely sure but yeah it looks like england and wales are looking at something uh, on the, on the same lines as the hate crimes bill um it's it has to be stopped uh, because if 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 that comes into uh if it if it gets through then there's going to be major major issues and it looks like nobody i don't hear much in the way of opposition in the scottish parliament the Conservative Party are supposedly the opposition in the Scottish Parliament, but they, they don't seem to take a stand on things like this. They're, they're largely silent.
2: Yeah. In England, what the proposal is, because they have the household exemption under the Public Order Act, which was the the one Thatcher passed that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and so that protects hate speech in in a home, but they yeah. want to get rid of that, to bring it into line with what the Scottish government are proposing. And the other thing I heard about was they were going to start using Alexa devices to listen in on people if they're committing crimes in homes and use that as evidence. So basically, they can spy on you for saying some dodgy remark at the dinner table.
1: Yeah. Well, Alexa's already spying on you. You know, anybody that doesn't know that's rather foolish. You know, Alexa's already spying on you. It's just the the, the next step is obviously the government having un, unlimited access to that information. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a real concern. People need to wake up to just how much of a threat to individual liberty this is. Because if the government can deem you know, decide arbitrarily what is and what is not hate speech, then any criticism of the government will ultimately become hate speech. It's already started. You know, somebody called Anna Subri a Nazi, so got arrested. Somebody called Nicola Sturgeon a Nazi, got arrested. Um, Why not? So if I call Nicola Sturgeon an idiot, am I going to get arrested for that? So coupled with, Government deciding what is and what is not um, the truth. You know, disinformation, you're you're spreading disinformation, so we're going to shut you down. So if you can spread disinformation about COVID, for example, then the next thing is you're spreading disinformation about climate change. Or Or you're spreading disinformation about economics. Or you're just spreading disinformation about the government and we've got to shut you up. So that this is where we're going, and anybody who doesn't see that really needs to wake up and smell the beans, you know. Yeah.
0: If if you were in charge of a, of an independent libertarian Scotland, what sort of policies would you implement to curtail the power of big tech in terms of uh, interfering with free speech and uh, privacy and data and things like that?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure that I have the answer. I don't know if I would go down the role of Poland, the road of Poland, and, and sort of make, you know, make rules about what what big tech can and cannot do. I think the best thing for government to do is to get out of there completely, and just allow anybody that wants to to start up their own tech company, their own platform, uh, and have access, uh, unregulated access to the internet, so that they can compete properly. With these people. Um, in terms, in terms of, of. I
0: mean, Parler tried to sort of um, do an up, upro- sort of become the new app uh, once yeah. they, when Twitter banned Trump, and then they were shut down, uh, their servers were shut yeah. down, banned from app stores, and that's sort of them acting almost like an economic cartel. Yeah. Is that.
1: Yeah. Do you well, you I. Mean,
0: be happy with sort of but, regulations there to restrict that sort of economic
1: activity. Well, well mm, I don't. I, again, regulation is it's a word I don't like. Why not? One of the problems here is, you know, when when Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin tried to get their thing going, they said, oh, this is great. We can break free of the platforms, break free of big tech and start our own. Then they started to find there was going to be problems monetizing. So one of the one of the next problems you, you discover is it's then hard to get a bank to bank to, to back you. So what we need is deregulate banking. If we deregulate banking, if you've got, if you can make that independent, then you no longer have a problem getting financing and getting monetized. Um, so I would rather look into ways of deregulating roundabout these companies in order that they cannot have their cartel, rather than regulating the companies themselves. <laughs>
0: And then the Wall Street situation recently where some Redditors yeah. uh, sort of boosted the price of GameStop and sort of uh, screwed over some hedge funds who were short-selling. Well, yeah. What's your opinion on that?
1: Uh, well, we, I, I support the, the rebellion. I support the, the GameStop Reddit thread rebellion 100%. This is something that Wall Street's been doing for, you know, and the hedge funds have been doing for, you know, years. Um, the only difference for the poor redditors is when their stock goes down and you know the, the, they don't have any money left in the bank, the government's not going to bail them out. The hedge funds were bailed out repeatedly by taxpayers' money. And now that they've been beaten at their own rigged game, they're crying foul and they want <laughs> more regulation. Uh, meaning regulation that keeps competition like that out and stops the little guy from sticking it to them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm against the regulation and I'm all for it. I don't know how successful in the end this Reddit thing's going to be. Uh, Wall Street always seem to win in the end, but they do that because they've got... Everything's because you've got big government on your side. Big tech rules because it's got big government on its side. Wall Street rules because it's got government on its side. Big pharma rules because it's got big government on its side. And that's that's always the, you know, whatever situation you come across like that, you'll always find government and some sort of government regulation behind it. Yeah, I
2: would agree with you. I think um, it's it's good what the editors have done. And it's funny that the monopolies always seem to want more regulation. And it's like Amazon, Apple, Google, all the big tech companies yeah. want regulation on speech. So that they can control what's yeah. on their platforms, and it only benefits the big business as well, um, because they oh, can afford course. to comply with everything.
1: If, if anybody was under any doubt about what who regulation benefits, you know, when people cry for more regulation, this Reddit thing should demonstrate to everybody that regulation benefits corporations and big companies. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hold them up in the slightest. It just. Creates a barrier to entry for their competitors and for smaller companies to compete with them. Yeah. Um,
2: so, what is what is the Scottish libertarian policy on drugs then? Because I know
1: that's been in the news recently. Um, well, our, our our position is that it should be decriminalised. All, anything. Right. At the the bottom line is, why should government decide what I can and cannot put into my body. Now I'm not. I'm a person. I, okay, I drink alcohol, so that that's a drug of a sort. Other than that, I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of uh, of illicit drugs. You know, I don't. And I, I don't really like the kind of people who who do it. You know, coke heads are annoying. Hash heads are kind of pretty dull. It's not something that uh, that interests me personally. But other people should have a right to do it if they want you know that's the that's the that's the um that's the argument from principle why should government decide what i put and put into a body provided i harm no one else in the process the practical side of it is we have spent millions billions worldwide when you you include all the countries who are involved in the so-called war on drugs and it's preposterous one there is no war on drugs not really unless you're Unless you are stepping over the bodies of uh, drug dealers in the street who have been shot through the head with a nine mil bullet, uh, then you are and and, and by the government, <laughs> then you, there is no war on drugs. So it's a it's a phony war, and it only benefits certain interest groups. It benefits the car, the drug cartels uh, because they make a, a lot of money out of it. It benefits the whole drugs industry, the law enforcement agencies, uh, quangos that are set up to deal with these kind of things, you know, uh, drugs counsellors, lawyers, um, the whole uh, legal industrial complex that exists around about it. And it costs billions to have this uh, phony war. So our view is... We don't say drugs are a good thing. You know, let's not get misquoted here. I don't think they are. Maybe other people do. Clearly, many people do because they want to take them. I don't say drugs are a good thing, but I don't see the sense in criminalising people for taking them. Um, our prisons are full of people. Uh, it's not. A, it doesn't seem to be a deterrent. Uh, it doesn't seem to stop the drugs trade, from continuing and making a fortune and draining the public purses in terms of law enforcement, so it's time and there's no point tinkering around the edges. Okay, go we'll, we'll, we'll legalise this, but we won't legalise that. Well, that just that just makes the 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 criminal fraternity swing fire and change position to and, and concentrate on another product. Um, Decriminalise
0: any of them to make them sort of a fully consumer product almost.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you name it—it's even things like heroin and yeah, decriminalise.
0: What's the decriminalize point? decriminalise and legalise are, are quite different, right?
1: Yeah, well, legalising—the difference I see between legalise and decriminalise. When you legalise, then you start to see who the government can grant licences to, <laughs> right? Because that, that involves government. I don't. I don't even believe in. Uh, you know, licensing alcohol, right? If you want to start a pub, you should just be able to start one with the, You know, the, the government licensing you. What business is it? If people are happy enough. If you're disturbing your neighbours, that's another. That's another. Uh, uh, is there not some issue. harms
0: that can be legitimately circumvented? I mean, heroin, for example, is is quite deadly. Um, uh, well, it's deadly to well. the user. How
1: you deal with them. Uh, okay, there's, if somebody wants to take strychnine, if somebody wants to overdose on paracetamol, they can do it. You know, Um, it's not my job to police people's private lifestyles. If somebody gets out their face on drugs and then attacks people and causes uh, a nuisance that way, um, then that's something to be dealt with. But that happens anyway, even with drugs being uh, being illegal, highly illegal. So I think the money that we spend currently on enforcement could be spent on other things. Uh, and and preventing crimes against property and person that could develop from an increased... uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys, right? But as I say, I don't take them. And on the day that drugs become decriminalised, I am no more likely to take heroin or cocaine than I am now. And I think it's a bit of a myth to suggest that suddenly a lot of people who don't use these drugs will go out and and start using them. I think there may be an initial spike. I think that could be expected because it would be wow. You know, we can we can do this without fear of prosecution now. Uh, but I think that that will settle down. I mean, like who, you mean, most people have jobs. Who's going to keep a job if you're constantly you know stoned out your out your head? I don't think there it's are gonna some
0: vulnerable vulnerable people who will sort of fall into sort of quite deep drug use. Um, uh, do you
1: think, think there's any sort of responsibility, I think that's price, whether it's the
0: state or the community? To step yeah. in and help that
1: person. Well, the community can come in and do it if they have, uh, if people are that way inclined. We already have charities that that reach out and help uh, drug drug abusers and drug users. I've no reason. I've got. No, I see no reason why that wouldn't continue. Um, and if you if you have a free market on drugs. You may actually have companies who say, okay, if you buy our product, 10% of our product will go into helping people who have addictions. So you can choose to buy that product as opposed to any other. So it gives people a choice. You know, the decriminalization will give people a choice. Most of the most of the harm, as I understand it, because I'm not a drug user, but most of the harm that happens to people who take, Drugs is because they are taking crappy drugs, and the reason they're taking crappy drugs is because they can't get good stuff at a, re- at a reasonable price. But so is I regulation
0: the- also not a part of it? When when cannabis was legalized in, in California, regulations came in and made made the doses far more manageable, people weren't having as as bad a time on stuff.
1: Well, no, I don't, but that won't prevent you from getting stuff that is. Yeah, you know, that that just all that does is provides a gateway for the criminal organisations that were trying to circumvent. To to say, okay, well, the government's regulated this cannabis. Everybody knows it's crap. Everybody knows you need loads of it to get it to get you high. Uh, that leaves a niche in the market for criminals to provide an alternative product at a cheaper price. So why why leave that door open? Is 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 my view.
0: Uh, on the topic of criminal justice, um, what are your opinions on the SNP's? Suggestion of getting rid of corroboration and their historic low funding of legal aid. You were referring to the legal system being one of the yeah. necessities. Uh, would that be something you'd increase funding to?
1: Would I increase funding in legal aid?
0: Yeah, uh, to give people representation in court.
1: I would. I would be high. I would be highly. What I would like to do is deregulate law so that we can get more lawyers uh, operating in that system without barriers to entry. Um, there's. There's. You know. You, there's only a few law firms that that are competent and that people can use in criminal law so if we can open up the gates there and let anybody who wants to who's competent and if you're not competent you won't last long but anybody who's competent to to be able to practice law and to specialize in criminal cases you know you may get free market Lawyers who don't have a law school degree, but they're perfectly great at defending people in court. So I would, I would like to I would like to see more of that. So I don't think uh, a solution would be to increase the amount of money given to legal aid. It just goes into lawyers' pockets. It doesn't necessarily help those who, who are in need of a good lawyer. Um, what was the second part of that? <laughs>
0: Um, the the first part was corroboration. So, yeah, corroboration corroboration
1: and stuff. Well, under the last Justice Minister, um, it seems to be a bit of a joke in Scotland that in order to be Justice Minister, you have to have a bit of a brush with the law. Kenny McCaskill, who was arrested for drunken disorderly outside the, I think it was Wembley Football Stadium many years ago, he became the Justice Minister of Scotland. He's the guy who famously released um, the alleged Lockerbie bomber uh, from S- Scotland's uh, prisons, he tried to get rid of corroboration as well. Uh, it was certainly defeated. It was opposed and defeated, and they, they gave up on that. It may come back. Again, this is something that uh, is, a, is a danger to people's liberty. The idea that one policeman's word is enough Uh you know, without, without any kind of corroboration, be it CCTV corroboration or, or witness corroboration or, or even the corroboration of another policeman, uh, it seems highly dangerous to me. And I would oppose that. On, on your points about law, you know, I agree with you. I'm an aspiring lawyer myself. Um,
2: right. I have a law degree and diploma. So it's not just a law degree you need. You also need a postgraduate diploma and a two year yeah. traineeship. So I'm still trying to get the two year traineeship and it's criminal law that I want to go into but they okay. all they're all underfunded because legal aid and um, it hasn't increased in something like 30 years and there, there was a modest increase this year because of the pandemic
1: um, but no, I do agree right. with you I think there <laughs> can be a free market solution. Yeah I would rather a free market solution. Look, Put it this way it's not something I wouldn't refuse to look at but it's something that I have an inbuilt aversion to. Is, is giving more government money to anything? Because at the end of the day, it's taxpayers that have to pay for that. So, um, there, I would look at every alternative first before I would I would think about uh, increasing increasing legal aid.
0: Okay, well, I think that's uh, everything for today's episode. Thanks for joining us, Tim.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely welcome. It's been a pleasure. Can I just mention something before I go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Scottish Libertarian Party will be putting candidates in all the uh, the lists. And so all the regional lists in Scotland and a few key constituencies. So you will be able, if you live in Scotland, you will be able to vote for a Scottish Libertarian Party candidate uh, on either the list or possibly on one of the constituencies. So go over to www.scottishlibertarians.com and find out who your candidate is going to be. By the end of this week, we'll have them announced.
0: Okay, and like and subscribe, and we'll see you all next time.